0: Hi, welcome to the Brilliant Resilient Club, the podcast all about people who push past their physical comfort zone to gain mental resilience. I'm your host, Bhavani Vati. I launched this podcast and then went off grid for a few months to recover from a couple of operations. Not ideal, but the conversations I've had about resilience with my guests on this very show have helped me through another tricky time. And I hope they'll also bring you some inspiration and insight. I came up with this idea after being grounded from my job as a TV reporter during the pandemic because of an autoimmune condition. I took up cold water swimming and for the first time in my life, I got such a buzz from exercise that it helped me thrive during some difficult times. This made me want to explore why and how other people take to the physical to cope.
1: The marathon running... I would say like 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 50% of it is in your head. You know, you can only get yourself so fit, but, but like I say, you've got to, the, the, there's a lot of times in that race where you don't think you can do it and the self-doubt starts creeping in and you've just got to keep yourself focused, keep yourself going. When it does get sort of tough, um, I do sort of say, well, let's get to the next mile, you know, and then we'll just see what happens. I think these are all sort of really sort of transferable skills to, to life in general. You know, when things are, you know, getting tough, you know, maybe just slow down a bit, you know, give yourself some some smaller goals in between.
0: Mark, welcome to the Brilliant Resilient Club. Now you've overcome some difficult times after losing your sight. And now you run in marathons all over the world. I mean, that shows some grit. Before you tell us about that, what does being resilient mean to you?
1: Um, resilient, being resilient to me probably just means that you... You're tough. You, you get on with things. Uh, you you don't really let anything phase you, despite everything you know everything that you've got going on in your life. Um, I think that's it, really. It's like a, like a mental uh, a mental strength as well uh, from a running. Uh, I know that you know running marathons, you do need to be very resilient because when you're running, uh, your brain is telling you that this is really not natural. You're hurting all over, mm-hmm. but you've got to have that resilience to, to keep going. Uh, keep telling yourself that you're doing all right, and uh, just keep reassuring yourself everything will be okay. So I, I, mm-hmm. I can sort of see, um, you know, similarities with with the marathon running and and just life in general. Um, you know how how mm-hmm. the, the two similarities are, are are you know hand in hand one of like i say mm-hmm. you know we're all like life is just one one big big sort of journey isn't it you know we all you know there's lots mm-hmm. of uh, barriers and things in the way lots of things that uh, uh, you know that do pop up from time to time to test us and like i say that's that's kind of the, the way that, that that my marathon running is you know it is a journey and there's lots of things on the way that do go correspond. and it's just how you deal with with those things that uh, you know that makes you the person that you are uh, I tend to find, you know, with, with things like that, there's, there's there's probably two ways, you know, of going about about that. You know, you could possibly, uh, you know, just sort of, you know, be dead down about it and think, you know, why me? And, you know, that sort of type of attitude. Or there's the other attitude which would be, you know, sort of, you know, I'm going to get on with this. This is what I've been dealt with. I'm going to, you know, make the most of, of, of what I've got you
0: know and your life your life changed when you're in your late 30s didn't it can you just tell me a bit about that
1: uh yeah I was I was I was just turned 30 to be honest and um I I, I I don't know what I was like trying to read things and um and just trying I just couldn't concentrate on anything and I was looking at you know newspapers I was looking at you know my phone and I was sort of squinting a lot you know just trying to get uh, you know my, my my vision in focus and it just it was really really struggling just to focus on things um, so I did think that there was something mm. something amiss and I went to the, the eye clinic there was a couple of specialists that came in after the, uh, the doctor had, had a look and they said yeah your retina at the back of your eye has, has detached and uh, you need an operation so mm. uh, I was rushed down to to surgery, had had this emergency operation. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, developed a few complications after the the uh, the operation. Uh, I caught corneal an infection, and unfortunately, the infection uh, was actually inside the eyeball, and it, and it actually killed you know a lot of the uh, the eyeball away inside. So, my eye was completely severed um, in the in the eye uh, after the infection was was fought off. Uh, so, unfortunately, I lost all the sight in my right eye, and then. Couple of years later, become a bit unlucky again. I developed a, an eye condition in my uh, in my left eye, uh, which was the the eye that was you know the, with the remaining sight. Uh, it's a it's a condition yeah. called keratoconus. Uh, it just means that the uh, the front of your eye is, is like a cone shape rather than you know being nice and round. Um, so with that, uh, that yeah. that sort of um, when the light goes into your eye. It doesn't go in in a nice straight line, you know. As if your if your eyeball was, was a nice round shape, it goes in and then the, the light sort of splits off into lots of different directions. Uh, so my vision is is quite distorted from you know from from a distance. So I, I'll be you know I'll be walking down the street and I can I can see some traffic lights and I'll see like like three of them, just because the vision is that distorted. It shows a, a couple of you know the, the same image you know two or three times.
0: So it sounds like you must have had to make a lot of adjustments to manage after. Your yeah,
1: graduation. I mean exactly that. Uh, I was, like I say, I was thirty at the time. I did. I was working. You know, I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I didn't know what I was going to do for money. I didn't even know how, how I was going to sort of get by in life because it was just a huge shock, and it's. It was a bit like um, a bit like a grieving process. You know, the, the you know the 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 loss of of your sight. Mm um and obviously you know there was a lot of you know raw emotions when i first was diagnosed uh it was quite you know i was quite angry I was, I was in a bit of denial uh you know very upset you know these are all sort of common um common emotions that you would sort of link with with with, with the grieving process uh and it was it was like that Um, like i say, we was you know sort of i'm on this sort of you know like a kind of grieving process but as as things got on, you know, I was I was introduced to uh, to the RNIB and uh, that's the Royal National Institute of Blind yeah. People. Uh, they were they've given me you know they give me a lot of help and support. Um, they have a, a, they had a, a, what we call a living with sight loss course. So it was a, a course for, for people who were newly diagnosed uh because i thought that there's probably again you know i've touched on it before there's probably two ways that you can do it you can probably sit around and mope all day and think you know why me or you can you know try and try and yeah. get on with it uh, and try the best you can so that's kind of what i did yeah. um you know rnib mm-hmm. give me lots of help with things like uh you know things like technology you know that i didn't know existed you know that so um lots of help around yeah. employment um my employer actually won an award from RNIB uh, for the help and support that they would given me. And that was, like I said, it was really, really refreshing mm. to see, you know, that the employers were, um, yeah. you know, that they saw past my disabilities I, 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 and, and sort of concentrated on the things that I could do. Um, so that was, like I said, it was the whole employment yeah. side of things, but like just even just thing, normal things, you know, like, uh, you know, like being able to go down to the pub with my friends and things like that my vision is very very poor but yeah. it's quite dark as well so at the beginning it was very difficult you know just to actually reach out to my friends even though I knew that they'd be all right with it you know just things like you know can you take me to the toilet yeah. or can you just uh you know are you all right to go to the bar it looks a bit busy for, you know and things like that so there's lots and lots yeah. of sort of um yeah. ways that, that that you know that you would uh you know that I've, I've had to sort of adapt I'm I'm, I'm quite quite further down you know from that now it's sort of eight years ago and I'm still even now you know learning things uh you know learning ways of doing things so it's it's a constant you know learning process um I think every you know there's a a saying isn't there every day is a school day so uh, it just means we're always learning (laughs) we're always uh, trying to adapt you know to, to situations and even recently, you know, I mean, sort of the last 18 months with, with COVID, um, you know, I've, I've really, you know, yeah. the, I've really found out, you know, the fact that I do quite need a lot of help. You know, these people, you know, like, like all my friends and uh, sorry, my family and, uh, you know, girlfriend and things like that, they, they've all, they've not been able to give me the help and support, you know, that, that I needed you know at the time because obviously with you know having to isolate and distance and things like that it's been very difficult so the last 18 months with COVID I've even you know it it was again you know it was another sort of learning process for me you know having to to do these things.
0: so did you keep running through lockdown
1: yeah I mean I I tried my best what we had to do um I I did a a quite a a bit of running with my mum through lockdown um, my mum was was sort of like one of my main carers, so she was kind. Of, we were kind of in the, the sort of same bubble because she she came, mm. and, you know, did a lot of help, you know, around the house and things for me, things I couldn't do. So we was kind of in the same bubble. So my mum actually does a lot of the guide running for me. So mm. I'm really thankful that you know we was able to get out. Um, it was just a, a huge escape because um, I'm working from home as well. So I was literally in the house all the time, working from home, uh, you know, living at home, you know, eating at home. I was in, in the same room basically all the time and it just got a little bit, you know, it got very, very tough if, if I'm honest. But like I say, thankfully for the running, it gave you an escape, you know, even for 40 minutes an hour, just to get away from that, you know, and obviously clean your mind have a chat with someone. I mean, because like I said, I haven't really had any any interactions with people mm-hmm. at all. I've been quite isolated mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was it was really, really uh, you know good just to get out. And then not only that, I mean, the running itself, I'll be honest with you, I don't particularly enjoy it, believe it or not. <laughs> it's just that, you know, it, what I, I really enjoy about about the running is that feel-good feeling that you get at the end of it. You know you, you come yeah. home you get in the shower you put your comfy pajamas on and you're sitting on the couch and then you just sat there and you've just got the you just overcome by all these you know feel-good chemicals you know in your body yeah. and it just that that's kind of what I do it for I think it's really really you know an amazing feeling and unless you've experienced that it's very very you know difficult to explain what it's like it's uh it's just you just a sense of a, a achievement and accomplishment I think as well yeah. so yeah
0: now, you said you went through a grieving process when you lost your sight. How did running yeah. help you cope then?
1: Again, pretty, pretty similar to, um, you know, to, to the way it was through lockdown, really. It, it gave me uh, something to do. It also gave me escape, you know, where I was sat at home and I wasn't really coping very well sat there on my own. It gave me just an escape for that, you know, for an hour or forty minutes or whatever it was, you know. So while I was out, I did, you know, I completely forgot about all the, all the bad things that were going on in my life, and I had something to focus on, and I had something to do, and um, I even sort of started setting myself some goals. So initially, it started off as as, as I, was, I wanted to do a ten k run, um, so I did a ten k, and then it kind of snowballed from there.
0: Go on then, tell me about all these marathons yeah. you
1: run. We just wanted to do, uh, give a little bit back, you know, uh, raise a bit of money for, for the RNIB who had helped me out and just give a little bit back. So we did a 10K, I think raised over a £1,000, which was unbelievable. And then we just decided then, um, you know, what, what can we do next? So then it was just sort of, I went to sort of doing half marathons and then I got in touch with someone from the RNIB who said, you fancy doing the london marathon and i was like i can't do the london marathon you know at the <laughs> time you know i could i could i could barely run a bath never mind a marathon so it was uh,
0: <laughs> that's like me i could barely yeah.
1: <laughs> be a <bomb> now. so, <laughs> uh, so it, it was like it was and, and to be honest it was, when i found out about it, it i did have a good 11 months to to sort of get to into london marathon standard you know they did tell me just after one London marathon finished that they had some places, you know, I, I was more than welcome to, to to join the marathon team. So I said, let's do it, you know, let's do it. And yeah, um, yeah. like I say, just some And yeah, we, we, uh, I ran it with my sister as well for the first the first mm-hmm. marathon there, um, which again was to run something like that. Uh, she was my guide running my sister. So you know, to run something like that with my sister, it was just an unbelievable, uh, experience you know and uh-huh. to do it with you know someone like my sister you know to share that with her it was it was unbelievable um we did all the training. was it
0: emotional
1: yeah oh yeah i was in i was in tears after it yeah <laughs> and the thing the thing as well i mean i am i believe it or not I, I've, I did these marathons and things i am really lazy as well you know i'm a really like, lazy <laughs> person which, uh, so
0: I don't think you could call yourself lazy after running yeah. all those marathons. Yeah,
1: I, I, I do. You know, <laughs> just everything I do in life. You know, I don't have to do anything. You know, I don't have to, I'll literally just sit there <laughs> all day. But I didn't have to do anything. So, it's, um, yeah, it was like it was. That was one of the things that that people, I don't know, I think it spurred me on. That people didn't think I could do it. People knew what I was like in 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 the real world, and they knew I was lazy and. Um, I even had this. This um, I had this nickname, the mattress, because everyone said I slept that much that I, I'd become half man, half mattress. So I was like,
0: "How rude!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, like I say, I said, well, "I'll tell you what. You know, if you don't think you can do it, put your money where your mouth is, and you know, and uh, let's get some sponsorship money. Uh, we raised an awful lot of money. was doing that. It was a really, really good um, fundraising thing as well." And even my employer, time I worked for a, for a large betting company, and they come to me and said, our company is all about betting. So we're going to bet you £500 pound that you can't do it. So um, what we'll do, if you if you complete it, we'll give you £500. Uh-huh. Pound. If you don't complete it, you'll, you'll run with our logo all over your vest and things like that. And if you don't complete it, you've carried our logo around all okay. that way for nothing. Okay. And I was like, right, okay, so... That was one of the first things I did when I finished. I I rung yeah. I rung people at work and I was like, I've done it. <laughs> Tell them to get that money ready for me on Monday when I
0: <laughs> good for you. Brilliant. You say you're lazy. you've not just run one marathon. How many more have you run?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, we after London, we thought, well, you know, well, how, how can we get any bigger than this? So I did it, I did London Marathon again, uh just because I loved it. It did the first time. I run with um, a friend of mine called Mark. Um and he he was he was great. He's good good friend of mine. We've known each other a long time. We did it with him, uh, and then I, I thought I'll do the London marathon again, and I ran it again just because I thought nah, this is it's just it's just great. And um, I ran um, and I ran ran that the third one with a a, a friend from school, um, a girl called Sarah that I, that I went to school with. It was in the same classes and everything. So we did that, and then. I, after that, I entered for the Chicago Marathon just as a laugh, really. And um, I put, put the application in, didn't think anything about it, didn't think I was going to get in because I heard it was quite hard to get in. Clicked a disclaimer that if, if I was accepted, they would take the money out of the bank and things like that. So, yeah, didn't think anything of it. And then about two days before Christmas, I was just about to go and uh, do all my Christmas shopping. And the uh, Chicago Marathon took $220 out of my bank for the for the entry fee. And I was like, oh, I haven't got any Christmas money now. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I've, I've got in the Chicago Marathon. So I'd only entered it for, for a laugh and then I wasn't laughing. So, um, yeah, so it was crazy. So... And like I say, I've, I've got a, a really good team around me of, of people yeah. who, who do help me with guide running, but they've all got families and things. And, and I just couldn't expect any of my regular guide runners just to drop everything and come to Chicago with me. So I ended up, um, there was a database of registered guide runners in America. Uh, I found a lady in Chicago called Katie and we, we got talking over the internet and she agreed to do it. We ran the Chicago marathon. Then she said to me, she said, I'd love to do another one with you. And mm. we decided that we were going to run all of the six big l- uh, marathons in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the six marathons, um, the six major marathons are London, Berlin, Chicago, New York, Tokyo, and Boston. Mm. So we did Chicago and then we came back out and we've we did uh we did Berlin together. Um she flew over from America to come and run Berlin with me. I met her in Berlin, we did that. And we've done the New York one as well. We did New York uh as well, which is again was an unbelievable mm. experience. So in October, uh we're going to be doing London together. Uh, yeah so that will be our fourth marathon fourth of fourth marathon of the six uh together. So we are hopefully gonna get them for for done by the end of October. Then we've just got sort of Boston, Tokyo to do.
0: Yeah. So Katie basically assists you with the route and pace yeah
1: um she's basically my eyes on, on the course really because um you know she'll she'll look for any sort of obstacles potholes um you know we do have to sort of navigate around other runners you know particularly in the later stages of mm. the race you know people do have a little break a little walk and you know it's quite difficult to sort of pick your way through you know the crowds and um, these, these races there's sort of 50 60 thousand people yeah. that, that run them um, she gets my uh, drinks if we need any drinks um tells me things like pace uh you know how we're doing for time um, you know i've kind of got it in my head you know where we should be at certain points you know in proceedings so mm. yeah she uh she gives me all that information and basically just keep, keeps me safe around um, you know around the course
0: Mm. And so, not many people have done this, you know. Run all six major world marathons with a guide runner. Is that right?
1: Out of everybody, every person in the whole world that that, that, has, that has tried to do it, there's only six thousand people in the whole world that's that's done it. Mm. Um, there's I think there's six hundred and sixty people in the UK that's managed to run all, all six of the races. Um, I did contact the uh, you know the, the organisers to see if there was any any data on people with. Uh, you know with sight loss um mm. you know that had done this uh but they didn't have any of that dea- uh, that data to hand mm. um so when when you you look at you know something like the london marathon um uh, you know there's there's this bordering on fifty thousand people entered um the amount of people uh you know blind and partially sighted people out of that fifty thousand you probably it's I think the last the last one there was about 60 or 70 uh, people mm-hmm. with sight loss. so it's a very mm-hmm. small percentage of people that, that do run mm-hmm. you know do have sight loss so we think it's it's fair to assume you know that, that we don't don't doubt that there would be people out there that, that's probably done all six races but um we, we we seem to think you know that I would be one of the first people in the world you know with sight loss to uh to, to done all these six races mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh which is really, you know, keeping me going at the minute, you know, and it's given me, yeah. you know, really something to sort of focus on. Is it?
0: It's, it's remarkable. It's, it's, it's really remarkable. I mean, basically running around the block for me is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so you, mm, you, yeah. you, <laughs> and yeah, That's yeah. where you started, but you now you've, you know, you've really physically pushed yourself. Yeah. Um, sure. so, and how, you know, physically pushing yourself, how's that helped you be mentally resilient?
1: It, it has helped me massively, you know, like I say, you, it, the, the running, the marathon running, it, I would say like 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 50% of it is in your head. You know, you can only get yourself so fit, but the, like I say, you've got to, the, the, there's a lot of times in that race where you don't think you can do it and the self-doubt starts creeping in mm. and you've just got to keep yourself focused, keep yourself going. Um, when it does get sort of tough, um, I do sort of say, well, let's get to the next mile, you know, and then we'll just see what happens. You know, if you need to have a little walk, that's fine. So, again, you know, I mean, I think these are all sort of really sort of transferable skills to, to life in general. You know, when mm. things are, you know, getting tough, you know, maybe just slow down a bit, you know, give yourself some, some smaller goals in between. You know, like I say, so that's what I kind of do, you know, we'll get mm. to the next mile checkpoint, mm. reassess things then. Um, you know that, that's the kind of way that you know that I do do it you know just take it a mile at a time take it step by step and then if we do need to slow things down have a break you know we can do that you know like I say it, it is really 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 transferable to to life itself because like I say we're on this journey and you know things do get tough and when they do get tough just slow down take a break that sort of thing really you know take take smaller steps you know it's uh it's it's really yeah it's uncanny the you know the how transferable it is
0: yeah and actually a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of people have had tough times in, in the past yeah years. of course so, yeah um,
1: yeah definitely yeah yeah
0: i mean you described your experience in lockdown that with further challenges having loss of vision that, but many people who haven't got um any yeah. physical uh, disabilities sure. that have found it really, yeah. really really tough um yeah. just trying to get through so yeah, yeah. would that be your message then if, if when things get tough if if you're going through a dark time then yeah. slow down break it down
1: slow yeah slow things down take it step by step and just set yourself little little targets in between you know and that, that's mm. kind of you know it's like i said it's all stems back from me from me you yeah. that mm. mm.
0: mm. Well, well, it's been brilliant talking to you. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been so inspiring and really insightful. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. You know, I know it must be kind of difficult to go back and talk about th- those difficult times then, but it sounds like yeah. you've really come so far. Yeah. Best <laughs> of luck with your all your future yeah. marathons. You. I can't wait to see how many yeah, more yeah. you run. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah? How many more do you think you'll run?
1: Well, I, I've already I said to myself, you know, well, we'll the, the the big six is the, um, you know, is, is the aim. And then, and then the, my, my guide, Katie, was like, yeah, but I'd really like to do the Athens one because the Athens <laughs> one is the original marathon. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, let's just cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know where it'll stop. And, and to be honest with you, I've got this sort of love-hate relationship with running, you know, I hate doing it, but I really miss it when I'm not doing it. So yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange relationship. So I don't know where it's going to stop, where it where it'll end. But I'm sure uh, for now we'll just keep going, and hopefully we'll get these uh, the six big ones done.
0: Yeah, we'll uh,
1: yeah. take it from there.
0: Well, good luck for all your future marathons, and thank you for talking to me on the Brilliant Resilient Club podcast.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Mark and Katie have now run four marathons as a guide running duo in London, Chicago, Berlin and New York and have Boston and Tokyo yet to complete. You can sponsor their efforts in aid of the RNIB, check out Mark's social media to do so and to follow his journey. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Brilliant Resilient Club podcast. The next show will be out in a fortnight so make a date in your diary or even better still, why not subscribe Then you don't miss a single episode. I'd also be really grateful if you could rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It makes all the difference in helping others find this relatively new show. Bye for now.